Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the lead pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. Every week, we spend these 25 minutes together telling you the stories of our church by interviewing our members and other friends of the ministry. We'd like to invite you to join us at Harvest Baptist Church this week. We have two services every Sunday morning, 8.45 a.m. and 10.45 a.m., We offer Japanese and Korean translation during our 10.45 a.m. service, and that's also when we live stream at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. This week, our summit meetings begin with missionary Phil Hunt speaking on the heart of God towards sinners from the book of Jonah. We'll talk more about that today. Let's begin Harvest Time by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Hey, half a day, Chris. We are so excited about coming up to our summit meetings. This is a highlight for us every year. We take uh, a week of time on a Sunday through a Wednesday, invite a special speaker to come in, and we call it summit meetings because that's really how we view it as, as sort of a summit of our ministry focus, a chance for us to hear from God. And so we'd like to invite you to come. We're really privileged to have missionary Phil Hunt with us. In fact, he's here in studio with us here this morning. Welcome to you, first of all, Phil. Thanks, Pastor Gary. Good to be here. Phil has been at Harvest. This will be your fourth time, right? Fourth time, yes. Uh, back in 2003, I think Pam told me, the first 2003, time. 2003, and I think again in eight, and then the last time in 14. Well, uh, if you're anybody that's listening, we would like you to come uh, Sunday morning, and then if you have a chance to come back Sunday night, uh, Phil's going to be talking through the book of Jonah and uh, just messages from this book, and uh, it's going to be an encouragement and a challenge to you, and so we'd love for you to join us. Um, Phil, you've been in uh, Zambia for, I think you told me this morning, 30 years, right? 30, yeah, running on 31 years, just uh, celebrated our our 30th anniversary of the first church that was uh, uh, planted there. So God's been kind to us. You are the pastor at Kitway Church, um, also the president of a Bible college. I want to ask you about each of these things individually, but uh, Central Africa Baptist University, Yes. right? Um, And then I know you have a radio station that's going on. There's an orphanage that you're involved with. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's a lot of other things, but there's it's a busy ministry that's happening there. It's a busy ministry. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. But you know, grateful for the leadership that God has raised up through the years. That uh, yeah, just steps in and runs a lot of that. Let's back up and just talk a little bit about your spiritual story. Um, how did you become a follower of Jesus? Where did you grow up? Sure. Yeah, I gratefully, God's kind providence, I was, I was uh, born into a Christian home. Uh, my dad, when I was born, was a church planter in the state of Maine, mm. a little village called Brooks, Maine. And so you know, I grew up under the sound of the gospel from the time I can remember. Um, uh, I, I recognized that I was a sinner and needed a savior uh, as of really a young boy. I didn't know all the implications of all of that, but I was convinced that I needed I needed Christ. So just before my fifth birthday, I accepted Christ as my Savior, and um, and I'm grateful for that. You know, God saved me from a life of crime and a lot of other things sure. because He saved me from having to walk that path. And 
yeah, I grew up in a, a Christian home, um, taught the principles of Scripture, and um, really shaped shaped my desires and and um, I think really set a base for uh, or foundation for where we are today. Um, my my dad had a uh, a nervous breakdown. That's what they called it back then. Mm. And um, and so from the time that I was eight, life was not easy in our home. Um, there's a lot of story to that as mm. well. But even looking back, just, you know, those shaping influences and seeing God's providence and seeing God's power on display um, in our family as he took us through all those very difficult times. And then I surrendered to um, to serve the Lord full time, um, wanted to go into missions and made that uh, made that commitment when I was a teenager. And um, yeah, and here here we are, thirty years into ministry in the middle of Africa. Tell us about that. You use the word surrender to full time ministry or to serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. How, I mean, what yeah, that I mean, mean I, I think I th- for for me, it's you know, you kind of for me, it was, am I gonna am I gonna have my own plan, my own dreams, my own desires uh, apart from God? Uh, you know, which direction is, is my life going to go? And, and um, you know, am I going to do what, what um, in the flesh and in a fleshly way I want to do? Um, and and I, I, I really felt a sense uh, through, the, through my own reading of the scriptures and through various people that God brought into my life, I, I felt a real sense of, of God leading towards vocational ministry. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't, there's some pieces of that I wasn't very excited about, like like the speaking piece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I did not want to preach. Yeah, you know. So I I would be like, okay, Lord, I I want to serve you. I uh, really felt that God was leading me uh, towards missions. I was okay with that, um, especially the adventure part of it. Sure. You know, I thought that would be great, but I don't want to preach. My dad was a preacher. That didn't go well, mm. and I just did not want to stand in front of other people and say anything. So I really struggled, actually. Um, you know, I would I would tell the Lord, "Okay, I'll serve you, Lord." Um, I always had that, but hmm. you know, but I don't want to preach. And then the Lord just brought me to the end of my selfishness and pride, and um, and I remember uh, just that that moment of what I would say would be consecration, where I just got honest before the Lord and said, I still don't want to preach, but I will do whatever you want me to do. So if that's what you're going to ask me to do, you're going to have to change my desires because I still don't want to do that. Um, now that really was a, a, a moment that I look back on that the Lord really worked in my, in my life. And yeah, and moving forward, the Lord did that work of grace in me. And, and I, and I love to stand and proclaim God's word. Um, so yeah, it's it's God's it's yeah. God at work. It's God's will. It's God's purposes being worked out in our lives, and and that consecration to say, okay, Lord, my hands are off. Yeah, I'll do what you want me to do. Well, it feels like God's going to ask that level of everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Will we take our hands off the plan of our That's life right. and give it to God? Yeah, and and God leads us in different ways, right? right? I mean, there's a sense in which we're all vocationally yeah. in ministry, wherever that may be. Um, but I think, you know, God does lead some people to go to Zambia. Yeah. So, Were there mentors in your life? I mean, who were the influences 
Um, there have been at various times. There have been, there's been different people that God has brought into my life. When I was a teenager, there was a, there was a man that God brought into my life uh, uh, that was a shaping influence. Just, you know, I don't even really remember anything specific other than he was available yeah. at a time where I didn't have a dad. And, um, uh, and then later uh, I started working in a church in New Hampshire and God brought um, an older missionary into my life, and and he really uh, was used by the Lord to shape my my view of God and my philosophy of missions. And um, and then we got to the field uh, in those early days. I was 25 when I moved to Africa, mm. and God put us together with a, a a couple that had been on the field for a number of years, and they became our mentors for the next 10 years. So for sure, God has used people to help shape. Uh, to shape us. So how does a kid that grew up in Maine end up with even a vision to go to, you know, Africa, to, yeah. to Zambia? How did that happen? And Yeah, I, you know, I think, I think my, my mom especially, I mean, she wanted her kids to serve the Lord and she walked that, she, she lived that. Um, like I said, we went through a period of a number of years, life was very difficult. Mm. Um, life-threatening things that took place and uh, you know there's just a there's a long story there but through it my mom walked the talk and discipled her children her five children and so um, I, I think that that was a big that was a big influence God working in my life um, I saw God as a kid um, I, I saw God answer prayer mm. I saw God do impossible things um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of stories I could share about that, but so those those I look back were faith grounded my faith. I mean, I I believe that God can do anything, mm. and um, because I saw it, I witnessed it in in our home. Yeah, and then I was exposed to missionaries and missions conferences, and um, yeah, and that and I, I look back and those that exposure reading good uh, missionary biographies. You know, those were put in front of me as a kid. And so all of that God used providentially to just uh, create a hunger in my heart and a desire and a vision maybe for the regions beyond. And then God in his providence just leads you along one step at a time. I want to ask you some more about that, but maybe I could back up to this. It's interesting to me the way that you're describing God using uh, different circumstances of your life, even some tough ones, to shape uh, so you were talking about that a little bit this morning with mm-hmm. our staff, right? Yes, yes, yeah. I, I I think God God's providence He's ever at work uh, in us and through us uh, through His Word, and um, you know, so the knowledge of the Scriptures as we as we spend time in the Word of God certainly shapes us, gives us a biblical view of the of the circumstances that that God brings along. I was mentioning the staff this morning, that whole process of brokenness. You know, it's right. very painful. Yeah, Being broken is very painful. Um, but we live in a broken world, right? I mean, we live in a sinful world, and none of us are going to escape the effects um, of that brokenness. And so God in his sovereignty uses um, the circumstances and the difficulties that we face. He doesn't bring them into our life because he delights in randomly causing us pain, um, but he brings them intentionally. In the midst of a sinful world, God sovereignly organizes those things 
to produce in us, to shape us, uh, to teach us about himself. And, and a lot of times we get so fixated on the circumstance or the person that's bringing the pain or the, uh, the situation that we're in, you know, and we're, that's all we can see. And we don't step back and realize, wait a minute, there's a sovereign God in control of all of this. What is he trying to accomplish? What am I to learn through this? What, what, do, I, what do I learn about God uh, through all of this? You know, and I think that's the, that's the university training that, that the Lord puts us in, in preparing us and shaping us for whatever else he may have coming. Well, it's very interesting because, I mean, everybody's going to face difficult times in life. And, um, and those circumstances can either do what it did for you, uh, you know, and I'm sure every, every single time wasn't exactly the same, you know, right. you didn't grow every single time, but right. to shape you. Yeah. But for a lot of people, those difficult circumstances actually do the opposite for mm-hmm. them, right? Mm-hmm. They end up just really feeling the weight of that for right. years to come right. that that right. thing really. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the circumstances are going to come to yeah. all of us yeah. uh, and they're painful. Um, and, and how we respond to those, are, are we going to be, are we going to grow through those things? Are we going to look uh, for the principles of Scripture? Are we going to get to know God through that? Are we going to be better as a result? Yes. Or are we going to be bitter, mm-hmm. right? Are we going to focus on the circumstance itself instead of God and become hard and bitter and yeah. angry? Um, you know, we live in a, we live in a victim mentality in our generation everybody's a victim uh, well what what is a victim you're looking at yourself you're looking at the circumstance and you're not looking at god and um uh, god doesn't delight in our pain but he uses it and he uses it to shape us and to grow us and mature us because we're we're being asked to go out there in a in a broken world and and minister his grace and um and those are the things that prepare us for that well, it's really an amazing testimony, and even to think about, I don't know who's listening to us today, you know, in their car or whatever situation that's going through a difficult mm-hmm. situation right now, and to know that God's Word really does have hope and help for us, mm-hmm. and if we can come along some others that will help and encourage us, we actually can turn what seems to be making our life so miserable to allow that difficulty to be something that grows yeah. us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so thanks for sharing that. Um, so we're tracking along that. Uh, you know, direction towards Africa. Um, I'm guessing there was, you know, you went to high school, college, Bible college, mm-hmm. sort of trained to go. How, how, tell me about that. Yeah, so I, I, I did. I finished high school, Christian high school, and went to Bible college. Um, so my idea at that time was I would, I definitely wanted to be in Africa. Felt mm-hmm. like that. That's that's where my interest would lie, and I would go and be a missionary pilot. So. You know, I'll go and fly people into these areas. Well, you don't have to preach then, right? I don't, I, I don't have to preach. <laughs> so, uh, so I enrolled in a missionary aviation program um, and uh, did a, did two years of missions and Bible, and then the missions program, the aviation side of it, they canceled the program. Mm. So, I went to a local flight school and got my pilot's training. And uh, then went worked in a church uh, up in up in New Hampshire, and um, there I met my wife, and and uh, began laying plans to to move to Africa. So, yeah, eighty 
89. We were married in 92, March of 92. We we headed to we headed to Africa, and there we've been ever since. I didn't ask you about your family earlier. Your wife Lori. Yes. You have seven kids. Were they born in the states? And uh, yeah, we left. We left with an eight-month-old okay. Cherith, and yeah. uh, the rest of our children were born. Um, mostly, mo- most of them were born in Africa. So. Okay. And now spread out. Now spread out. Yeah, we've got one left at home, and the rest are uh, spread out around the world. Tell us a little bit about the ministry there in uh, in um, Zambia. I know God's sure. blessed it over the years. Yeah. So I mean, we went to we went to Zambia uh, uh, with this other older couple. The idea was we would plant a church. That's really as far as we thought. Hmm. Um, so Faith Baptist Church of Riverside was planted in uh, September of ninety three. And then as, as we were ministering and, and seeing people come to Christ and making disciples, we, we determined, okay, let's, let's make a, an intentional effort that everyone who professes faith, we engage them in one-on-one discipleship. So we were doing that, and the church uh, began to grow. Um, and, and somewhere a couple years, three years into it, it's like, okay, uh, we've got these new converts. They're eager to serve the Lord we need to train them more. So we started a Bible Institute in the evenings. Um, and then eventually it, it, it really became clear, clearer and clearer that if we were going to see um, mature leaders um, who could drive a truly indigenous movement of God, uh, pastoring churches that are healthy and reproducing, um, that we really needed to train leader of leaders at a at a higher level, um, so we began to pray and and talk to anybody who'd listen uh, that somebody needed to come and do this. <laughs> and it wasn't me, uh, but somebody needed to do this. And and uh, uh, God put us providentially put us together with some folks from a Bible college, Northland, up in Wisconsin, and and. Um, yeah, and through a, through a series of events, uh, CABU came into existence uh, in 2006. We started we started classes. So I've served as the president there since since the beginning, and um, what we're 18 years, I guess, 18 years into it now. And God's really grown that college, right? How many yeah. students now? Yeah, we started How many graduates. With, we started with seven uh, students the first semester. We have 200. Um, on our campus this year, so praise the Lord Amen. for that. Yeah, uh, we have 197 graduates from our degree and diploma programs, um, serving the Lord in 10 different countries across Africa. Um, what kind of degrees are you giving? Or so we have a accredited degree in Bible. Um, they can they can pastoral theology, missions, counseling, sign language and deaf studies, and chaplaincy are the different directions they can go with that and then we have a an accredited diploma in primary education for school teachers okay and that's that's really our laser focus um preparing men and women for for ministry in and through the local church so yeah god is blessed i mean we have 99 of our graduates are serving the lord in and through the local church amen and so that's uh we you know that's a blessing so Burdens, um, as you look across Africa, um, your region of Africa, um, what are your burdens for the church there, for young people? You know, how mm-hmm. do those intersect? Yeah, I mean, the, the big need for Africa is, are, is really at the core healthy reproducing churches. Yeah. 
um, you know, 90% or more of, of men who are serving in churches as pastors in our region um, don't have any training. And, and so that's, that's a burden. Uh, often the church and Christianity is, as they say, a mile wide and a, an inch deep. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's, uh, that's a burden and a challenge. Um, and, and so we want to, we want to see men and women who are deeply grounded in the, in the scripture, uh, who have a, a, a real commitment to the local church, uh, to go out and serve in existing churches, but also to, to be, to be sent from the African church to plant churches, missions. Uh, so I think those are, those are really at the core uh, of the burden. And we're, and we're seeing God do that little by little. We're seeing that, that, that wave of, of men and women going out and serving the Lord. And, and that just needs to continue. I've had the chance to be a part of on several, what you know, might call mission fields that are more mature. There've been a, you know, a couple generations mm-hmm. of churches and it really is an amazing thing when mm-hmm. churches are planting churches and it begins the multiplication that right. we see in the scripture begins right. to happen. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I th- and, I, and I think that that is the biblical, that's the biblical expectation that we ought to have for every church. Yeah. I mean, maturity, every living organism by its very nature will reproduce mm-hmm. provided it's healthy and it's mature. And so, um, you know, the answer to the gospel and the unreached people groups in Africa is Af- healthy African churches that are reproducing themselves and sending their own missionaries. So That's great. Discipleship is a key theme for us. Well, we think it's a key theme of the Bible. Yes, it is. <laughs> and you mentioned that right away. I mean, yeah. it was like the core picture of that right. church, one-on-one discipleship. That's right. sort of what, you know, right. the DNA of what it started right. with. What's that mean to you? Yeah, it, it, it's the, reproducing the life of Jesus Christ in another. Um, it's, and that goes far beyond. It, it includes Bible studies and teaching and classroom, um, but it goes way beyond that. Um, it's, it's life. It's often called life touching life. Mm. Uh, it's doing life with others, um, allowing people to get close through those experiences, raising up strong men and women of God who are willing to, who know the scripture and, and who are willing to adjust their lives to live by it. Um, and those disciples are what God is going to use, um, to proclaim the gospel in any, in any community. Right. I mean, it's a whole second Timothy two, two principle, right? You know, you, what you receive, whatever that is in trust to someone else. And all of us as children of God are expected to be doing that. It doesn't really matter how much biblical data, you know, whatever he's given you thus far, yeah. you need to deposit it in somebody else. Yeah, we love that. We're burdened for it, you know, here for sure. Um, if you were talking with a college student, young, we've got a lot of military, uh, you know, here on Island, um, a lot of young people actually trying to figure out what does life mean? They're graduating from high school and mm-hmm. trying to figure out, you know, is there a purpose for this? You know, what, what would be, how would you answer the question? Someone's, how do you make your life count? Yeah. I, you know, God is, God is free to take our life in whatever direction he wants. You know, for some that's going to be in the business world for some that may be vocational ministry that that's really secondary. Uh, I think it's developing a passion for God where I'm all in, 
mm. right? A hundred percent. It's all on the. It's all left on the field. It's all on the table, as as, as they say. You know, where I'm. I, I want to serve the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, with all my might. And so, you know, get to know God. Be in the Scriptures. You know, um, that consecration, handing it over. Stop holding on to areas of your life that you're afraid that God may. Like I was talking about, I'm afraid he's going to make me preach, yeah. right? And 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 to let those things go, and and God will providentially direct your life. And at the end of the day, you'll be out there. You'll your life will count. You'll reproduce the life of Christ in others, and God will be glorified. Our prayer, Phil, has has been. It's going to be, you know, for these next days as God uses you here, that He would use you to help our church family and our island be all in. I do love that idea. And that's what God's calling us to. Yeah. So thank you for being willing. I know it's a long flight out here. So thank you for being willing to, <laughs> to come. And we're praying that God will use you powerfully here. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Of course, at this point in the program, we want to invite you again to services at Harvest Baptist Church. There are two this Sunday morning, 845 a.m., 1045 a.m., We offer Japanese and Korean translation at the 10.45 a.m. service, and that's when we live stream as well at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. We hope to see you this Sunday. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.